Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Colin Carter Podcast. Live in studio here in Salt Lake City, Utah, bringing you the best information on parenting, technology, raising your kids in this insane, crazy world. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to turn down the volume. That went a little faster than I thought it would. <laughs> we're, still figuring, we're still figuring out these buttons on here. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, the podcast today is going to be awesome. Uh, it is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Uh, that uh, I, I have an amazing guest who came all the way down here from about 30 minutes north uh, to come share her story. Um, so today, uh, today's topic, is, uh, this is another edition of Teen Talk. Yay, Teen Talk. I got to find my, I got to get better at this. Where's my things? Where's my sounds? That's not it. All right. Uh, another edition, uh, <laughs> I just made up a word, of Teen Talk. And this one's going to be super awesome because we have not covered it specifically. This We talked a lot about this uh, topic, but we have not yet uh, had a guest like this, so I'm really happy. Uh, so today we're talking about pornography issues and pornography. And, uh, and when we talk and I talk about pornography, for some reason, uh, I feel like we have made this a guy issue. Uh, not just us, but like the whole world has made this like a guy issue. And uh, it's not a guy issue. Uh, this is almost equally a, f- a male-female issue with looking at pornography or struggling with pornography. Uh, what, I got a message a while ago, and it broke my heart, and it was from a teenage girl. I think she was in high school somewhere. And she said, Colin, I'm so embarrassed to share this with you, but because I, I, I know, she said, because I know it's a guy problem. And she's, uh, she said, I, I've been struggling with pornography for a long time. Uh, I think she said she got an iPad when she was like nine and was exposed, you know, shortly thereafter. And she said, I've just been hiding it. And I'm so embarrassed and I'm so ashamed because this is a guy problem. And I sat there and I thought, so we did some research and found this is absolutely not a guy problem. Pornography is as, as everywhere as it is, is going to bite. It is the snake that's going to bite everyone. And it doesn't care if it's male, female, it doesn't care gender. Um, it's going to bite. And I did some research, and what I found is that something by the age of like 18, 19, 95% of guys have been exposed or struggled with it at some point. And it was like high 70s percent now, female. So uh, I had an amazing person reach out to me named Ashley, and we're going to just say Ashley. She reached out to me, and she said, Hey, Colin, I would love to come tell my story. Um, and being exposed to pornography in the, in a, in a culture and in an area where we live, where it's like, so everyone's perfect and like kids don't struggle here. Right. Uh, and I said, would you be willing to come on? And she said, yes. So I'm so happy. So joining me on the podcast today is Ashley. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. So happy to be here. Thank Yay. You. So introduce yourself a little bit and tell me about you and uh, let's get into your story. All right. I come from a big family. I have I have seven siblings. There's eight of us. Dang. And um, we have an amazing mom and dad. Yeah. Um, so I'm the third of eight. We have five girls and three boys. So it's a really exciting round. That's, that's a big family. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Um, it I, would almost be considered a farm, would you not? The, so many kids there. But you have a farm, too. I do. You guys are farmers-ish, yes. right? Talk about that. Yeah. We have had a farm for... Over 10 years. Cool. Um, we've had cows. We've had goats. We've had chickens. And I can't remember all of them. What's um, your favorite animal there? Mm, going to have to go with chickens. Chickens. Okay, yeah. cool. Right on. Yep. We used to have some dogs too, but I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> so. <laughs> they, we don't talk about the dogs We don't anymore. talk about it. Nope. And I've heard that goats are basically dogs that you can't train. Is that true? Like they're kind of dogish. 
Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. But you can milk them. That is... And you guys milk the goats? Yes, you said your mom milks them? Yes. Very She's good. amazing. Love goat milk. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a huge garden, and so it's really fun to get our own food. So Very cool. Yep. A lot Very of cool. yard work. So you, you grew up on, for this area, kind of an atypical uh, upbringing, sounds like. Yeah. Because uh, you're in a city where there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of families, a lot of people there, right. but... Uh, uh, did you, uh, and you're 19 now, yes. right? So graduate, you're done with high school. Mm-hmm. Um, did you uh, really enjoy this growing up with like the farm and the animals and like going out there and moving pipe and, you know, all that fun stuff? <laughs> um, I did love it. I did love it. It was tough and it took a lot of time. It took our whole summers, but you know, it was fun. Build character. Yes. Is that what your parents said when you were Pretty doing Pretty much, it? yes. Right, 4 a.m. wake ups. <laughs> we're gonna, let's go build character. You're like, No. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's let's jump into your story. So keep going. All right. Um, I guess let's just bring it back to the first exposure. Yeah. Um, we lived we lived in a different house. This was I think I was eleven years old. So what eight years ago? Yeah. Um, and my mom, she's always been super super careful about what technology we bring into the house. Um, we never watched very many movies. We yeah. don't have phones at all. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were pretty, we were different from a lot of families. Um, and the way that we found fun was going outside and playing the sandbox. Sure. And, you know, the real true childhood. So um, I didn't find it like how a lot of kids find it. I didn't find it on the computer. I didn't find it in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, we've, we, always read a ton of books. So I found it in a book and it was actually a really good book. Mm-hmm. It taught about how to avoid porn. Okay. And it was, it was a made up story about this kid that finds it, uh-huh. you know, and has to talk to his mom and figure it out. So it doesn't have to keep going. Sure. Anyways, me being an 11 year old kid that sparked curiosity. Yeah. Um, and so that pretty much led to, just finding it in my own ways, which is different in books, um, yeah. art, just things like that. How would you find those? But did you guys have books around the house that mm-hmm. maybe had stuff like that? Yeah. What, what kind of books were they? Do you remember what they were? Were they just like old? I remember when I was a kid that I found some old like Rembrandt type paintings that were just like, mm. you know, topless women and stuff. And like that at that age, that was enough right. to spark even more curiosity. So what kind of books do you remember uh, like finding or like or books, artwork, whatever. Books that you wouldn't even think about, like dictionaries. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, which is super weird. I was 11, but that's what I found. Yeah. You know? Because you had the curiosity sparked, right. and then you could look up, and dictionaries will have photos yes. a lot of times of stuff. Yeah. Right? So this wasn't like you going to, you know, finding, uh, what does this mean? And then the mm-hmm. curiosity spark. It's like, oh, let me just go pull out my iPad nope. with my Wi-Fi connection and go to a porn and type in porn, and then Mm-mm. boom, done, right? Mm-mm. So very, very uh, non-typical ways. Right. Okay. And I didn't have any of those talks, you know. Yeah. The talks with your parents till I was about 12. Okay. So I didn't know anything yeah. about anything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this was all super new. And by that time, I liked it, right? I didn't have those like bad feelings yet. Sure. So I didn't want to bring it up to my parents. So uh, because why? Do you remember why? Worried that they would freak out or worried that they would take worried it that away? They would, no, I didn't really care. Yeah. Um, worried that they would freak out because I was always the perfect kid. Always, always. Everyone viewed me as that. And yeah. I didn't want them to see anything less than that. Yeah. 
talk about that. Um, what at what point did you realize that you had this not stigma, but this like this aura of the perfect child? Where I mean, do you remember where you, when you were old enough when you realized like, oh my gosh, I'm this perfect kid, like I can't mess up. Do you remember when that was uh, when you became self aware of that? Um, probably when I was it was pretty young. Yeah, like I've always been. Like, just from my eyes, I think I've always been, like, the favorite kid. Yeah. Like, my parents always tell me things that they don't tell my siblings. They really? help. They let me help with Christmas and, like, little things like that mm. where it put me as, like, oh, I'm, I can help out in these ways. Right. And I'm, like. So, you do you, fa- you saw kind of, like, a little bit of favoritism right. happening in that? Okay. Yes. And I did. Gotcha. I did always keep my word. I was great at doing chores and doing mm. everything that my parents wanted me to do. Gotcha. So you you noticed this, which of course led to that. Oh crap! I can't share what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You obviously knew right from wrong at that point to some degree, which most right. kids do, uh, but didn't want to jeopardize, mm-hmm. of course, right? The persona, yep. yeah. So let's keep going. So uh, you discovered it there, and it was just books and dictionaries and just random artwork and things mm-hmm. like that. Where yep. did it go from there? So we moved. Moved, I don't really want to say a place. To a place. Yes. We moved <laughs> to a place over in this area. Um, and we moved about seven years ago. Um, so we went from being a totally homeschooled family okay. to jumping right into a school, which was a shock. Oh, big um, time. And yeah. you were what, 12 when you guys yes, moved? I was okay. 12. So like seventh ish, mm-hmm. seventh grade, seventh probably? Grade. Okay. Yeah. I've had no experience with school whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So this was definitely a shock to me. And especially we moved into a house that was a grandma house. And there were <laughs> there were literally like two bedrooms for eight kids. Oh, boy. Um, because we had to remodel it. But and it was wild. It was wild. I bet. Um, so moving there and then our house fell through. So it was a big wreck. Jeez. Um, so when we did that, we were kind of left alone to figure out our own things at school. Oh. Um, and because I've always been the favorite perfect child, I sure. guess, um, I brought it up to my dad. I was like, hey, could I have a phone sometime? Yeah. Right. Um, because I see my friends, they all have phones. Yeah. Um, and he didn't really think about it. Like he just gave it to me pretty much the next day. Oh, really? No yeah. questions asked. Right. Um, so that I just had a phone. I had no idea how to use it. Yeah. I like my parents didn't really, this was so new because I am the third child and yeah. um, I kind of had to figure it out on my own. I didn't really have the, the limits and the boundaries right. and all that. Yeah. Sorry. No, right. I, hear, I hear you. No, it's, it's yeah. uh, going from none from no technology like that to just here's a phone with access to everything mm-hmm. must've been exhilarating slash terrifying. Right. Yeah. So they, so they kind of, you were the guinea pig ish, right? Yeah. Did you your older, bro- did your older siblings have one yet or they did? They did. I okay. think they got them around the same time as me, Okay. which is weird. Sure. Um, they were older than me and I know that my oldest brother, yeah, he had a lot of, I don't want to go into his story, yeah, yeah. but my parents were watching him more because he caused all the trouble. Ah, uh, so yeah. he was on the radar. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of like, no one really watched me. Because you, know you were I mean? the perfect kid, right? Right. right. And parents are like, well, he's giving us all the trouble with this. We, you're the mm-hmm. perfect kid. I'm sure you're not going to fall into the same traps or yes. problems that he did. Yes. So that way, the, they 
not neglected, but of course they just made the false assumption that you're going to be fine right. and doesn't matter how good you are. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to be found and get bit. Yeah. Yep. So you got the phone at 12, seventh grade, friends had it, parents, no lockdowns, no restrictions, just kind of like access to anything. Right. I didn't have a smartphone yet though. I will say that it okay. was, I don't remember what phone it was. It was a dumb phone, <laughs> but I had it for probably a year okay. before I got my first smartphone. Gotcha. So Okay. So uh, how did the, uh, the uh, how did things progress from like dictionaries and arts mm-hmm. and, and books at the house to more digital forms of pornography? Right. Um, I got social media. Uh, I got that around 13, 14. Yeah. Um, I jumped right into that world. Like, you know, YouTube, uh, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. I got Snapchat later on, which, oh, <laughs> I could go on and on about that. We will. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll save that for later. Yeah. Um, so I got that around 13, 14 and you know, that just started off with the more perfectionism. Um, uh-huh. and I don't, I don't remember like the first exposure on technology, but um, I just remember coming and seeing it on probably Instagram. Yeah, probably. I was going to say. Yeah. Instagram actually is up until I think about a year ago was like the number one platform kids were exposed to pornography. Right. Well, it's on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think a lot of parents realize that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's a hashtag away. It's so easy to find. Right. And, it, and it might not be like the hardcore videoed porn of, mm-hmm. you know, intercourse and things like that, but pretty freaking close. Yeah. Right? Yes. At least to a 12, 13-year-old enough to have oh, uh, yeah. spark and a lot. Yeah. that hooked me. Like, it became such an addiction that it was like yeah. daily use. Yeah. You know, and my parents at this time, they didn't even, <laughs> they let us charge our phones in our room yeah. at night. So, you know. Didn't get much sleep. Sure. You know why? Yeah. Um, taking them in the bathroom. Yep. Taking them in secret places. Yeah. And they don't really, I know that my mom was bugged by it, but she didn't, I guess she didn't really, she knew something was up, but she didn't know what, because I was still, Yeah. I was still such a good kid and I was participating in. You know, I was playing the piano at rest homes. I was, you know, <laughs> you doing were, all these things. Like, yeah. Were, I, you, were you doing those because that's what you enjoy doing? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. It, it wasn't like, I because what a lot of kids do is when they're struggling with something they know is wrong, they mm-hmm. overcompensate by showing their parents how amazing they are. By right. like, You have nothing to worry. Like when they notice their parents are catching on to something's wrong, something's off. Then it's like, oh, you know, they're like more helpful around the house and like yes. going to church longer, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> like, and, you know, so, but you were just doing that because that's who you are. You enjoy doing mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yes. All yes. Right. Me and my brother, we love it. And obviously go. help though with yeah. hiding this. Yes. You know, maintaining this persona of mm-hmm. look how amazing I am. Of course you can trust me. There's nothing to worry about. Right. right. And it definitely was a second life. I've heard people say that it was such a second life. Talk about that. What do you mean by that? Well, it was just such, it was such a big part of me. Yeah. No one knew about it though at all. I didn't tell anyone. Friends didn't know. No, no one knew. Yeah. And I thought I was alone. Yeah. So mm. it was, it was horrifying. It was, oh, I don't even want to go. Oh, <laughs> I hear there. you. So yes, it is a hidden life, and yeah. So hiding it, bedrooms. Right. Um, where was? Where's? What? What would you tell parents about? If if a parent's listening, they let their kid have their phone in their bedroom and charge it at night. What would you tell them? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it. Don't even go there. Yeah. Because it's just such a temptation. Like even if you're not looking at porn. Yeah. You're wasting time. You're on YouTube. Like it's there's no point in it. There's really you don't nothing need it. Good. 
there's nothing good. Yeah. One of the biggest things you need to do as parents, for those who are listening, if you heard me speak, is get the phones out of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yes. matter. Listen, I mean, I'm talking to Ashley with like one of the most amazing per- people at 13 was playing rest home piano, like that <laughs> amazing of a human who was homeschooled up to that year. Like it does not matter mm-hmm. how amazing you think your kid is. Yeah. No one is stronger than this. And I hate to say it. The internet mm-hmm. is anxious to throw it at you. Even if you're on Instagram, you're 12, you used to have an Instagram account, say you're 13 year old boy. Good mm-hmm. luck. Mm-hmm. They know that. And they know to get that person back, show them sketchy stuff, show them half naked women, show them like slightly pornographic graphic stuff mm-hmm. that's what's going to get them to keep opening up their app right they, they've done the math they know the science mm-hmm. should we show this boy like pictures of sunsets no that's not they're not <laughs> going to care right yeah. and girls too mm-hmm. right so talk to me about this real quick before we move on um you said that you felt so alone and anyway, and i intro the show by saying that a lot of you know parents understand that most of, a lot of girls most let's just say most are struggling with this too mm-hmm. it's not a guy issue um what was going through your thoughts like Explain to me this feeling of aloneness, you know, looking at pornography, struggling with it and saying, you know, I'm a girl too. I'm such a good kid. Like, why is this an issue for me? Like, tell me your thoughts on that. Right. Um, no one has ever said that girls can struggle with porn. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and just going to school and seeing all my friends and they're hanging out with each other. Um, you know, I had problems with friends. I had bullies and stuff. Sure. Um, and so that was just something I would turn to. And I didn't know anyone else would do that too. Yeah. I would turn to porn. I would turn to just numbing out all that, all the feelings, you know, filling the void. Yeah. Um, this was a coping mechanism. Right. It yeah. really was. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh man. And if you listen to my podcast with Josh Luke from uh, Great Britain and he talked about his struggle with pornography, he, he did a slam poem about it. And in that poetry, he said, he, he basically said that like, this was like this girlfriend that was always there for him, never judged, always there to make his life feel a little better. Even if it's for a second, it didn't discriminate him. It did not shame him. It just was always there. And that's the issue I want parents to realize is like, if, if kids aren't feeling the connection and, and, and aren't taught really good, healthy coping mechanisms. And if you're not talking about this with them at young, young ages, I'm talking seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh yeah. Um, this could be the thing that they depend on. Mm-hmm which is not the best thing at all mm-hmm. to depend on for coping, dealing with bullies, right? Yeah. Something to de-stress with, yeah. you know, you're feeling anxious and you know, what do you do as a kid if you don't have coping mechanisms or a family that can help you, you know, to uh, de-escalate the anxiety. It's like, Oh, let's go in my bedroom and look at this and feel better for a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so turning to pornography. So let's, let's go back to your story. Okay. Um, this just continued for years and years. Um, I loved my phone, but I hated my phone so much. <laughs> Love, hate. Oh, it was so bad. Um, and it ruined even like vacations. I went on vacations yeah. and, you know, you have your phone with you. And it totally ruined my childhood. You know, yeah. I grew up way too fast. Yeah. And I don't think anyone really suspected it. I know that. What do you mean by the fact that you grew up too fast? Um. That's just what porn does to you. Like you feel, you feel so fake and you feel like you just feel so gross. You feel like you can't be a kid anymore. You feel like you can't go outside and hang out with your friends because you think that they don't deal with this kind of stuff. You feel like they're still innocent and having a fun childhood and you can't really be a part of that anymore. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. totally hear you. 
Um, I've been saying that long time that these devices steal childhoods. Mm -hmm. Um, and understand like if your daughter is struggling with this and they're hiding it from you, that feeling that you just Mm -hmm. shared, I, that, that right there is one of the most impactful things I have heard ever. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. hope parents really listen to that, that this feeling you had as a 12 year old, that you couldn't go have fun playing dolls with friends or go night game and things like that, because you felt like this robbed your innocence Mm -hmm. and that you weren't a kid anymore. Right. We are we are making kids grow up, and we are doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not the tech companies; they're just yep. they're they're supplying what is wanted, which is some form of connection, yeah, and some way to cope. And parents are checking out, giving their kids these things to babysit them, to raise them, uh, so they can do whatever they want to do and have their me time, or go you know stare at their own screens or play their Candy Crush, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, right. Um, at the expense of what? At robbing childhoods. I do want to add, though, um, my parents, they didn't really get on, I don't know, they didn't really <laughs> play around with their phones much. They, like, okay. Yeah. They were so busy remodeling the house, sure. cutting down thousands and thousands of trees because we had a forest. Oh, my gosh. Um, we did help with that, I will say. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they were always so busy, and my mom... She's amazing. She's a Relief Society president. You know, she's watching out for so many people yeah. that we kind of were left to figure things out. And I'm not throwing anyone under the sure. bus. I get it. But I get what you're saying. Like, they they were amazing. Yeah. It's not like they were neglecting us at all. But there's a point there that I want to make, and I'll make it for for you so you don't have to say it, <laughs> is that when you as parents get too busy taking care of everyone else and your kids feel that they're too, you, the mom and dad is too busy to care about me or take care of my, or I can't bring them issues because they're struggling taking care of everyone else's issues, exactly. not just inside the house yes. or with the cutting down trees, but of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a place that you don't want to be. Yeah. Now I'm not saying, did he just say like, don't help people? No, I didn't say that, but realize that You've got to let your kids know that, hey, and I do this a lot with my kids. My my 14-year-old daughter just the other day, she said, Dad, we were having a conversation. She had some questions about stuff going back to school tomorrow. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, she's like, Dad, but this is an issue for you because you're perfect. And I was like, whoa, no, tire screech. She's like, you're always out there helping everyone else. And I was like, listen, I know it looks like I'm out there helping a lot of people, um, but you are my number one priority. And so never forget that. And I have to tell that to them. So, uh, so parents don't get too busy taking care of everyone else and fixing everyone else's problems, realizing that your kids, if, you know, if they feel like you are too busy taking care of everyone else's problems or too good at solving everyone else's problems, or if your life as a parent looks too perfect, mm-hmm. your kids aren't going to feel like they can share with you their struggles. Right. right? That's exactly it. Okay. Um, so good parents, they maybe were just a little busy, but right. you were left to fend for yourself here and figure yeah. this out. So let's keep going. Okay. Um, so school was kind of a wreck. I went to school, I think seventh through ninth grade and then when high school came I just couldn't do it anymore like um I begged my mom to take me out so I was homeschooled on and off okay which is super super hard yeah um and of course like she because she remembered me as the perfect kid who would always do her homeschool work yeah um and do it so well and I was always ahead of my brothers um she said yes and little did she know that I wasn't doing my homework. Oh, yeah. You know, I was viewing porn all day. But hiding it, of course. Sure. Um, And that totally put me so far behind everyone. Mm -hmm. And so throughout high school, it was was really, really hard. What was the hardest part? 
What 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 uh, unintentional consequences did you see of that? Was it with friend groups? Was it with studies? What was it socializing? Like what was the what was the biggest detriment to you? Was it obviously mental health had issues mm-hmm. with that probably? Um, it was just really hard being so far behind because mm. um, all my friends they were oh, they were excelling, you know. And sure. Um, I'm here at home. I'm antisocial, you know. <laughs> but you weren't antisocial. It was you yeah. kind of. You're a very social person, I can right, tell, right? Right. Um, this was kind of clipping your wings, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So that just really put me far back, and I couldn't talk to anyone, anyone about what I was struggling with, and they just didn't see it. Yeah. Um, they thought I was doing fine, but I wasn't. Yeah. So. So let's go. So what age are we at now about? This was high school now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just happened throughout high school. It was just a horrible cycle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I guess we can go to 2018. That was a pretty crazy year. Okay. Um, this was your junior year, somewhere around there maybe? Junior-ish? Yeah. Late high school, we'll just say. Late high school. Okay. Yeah, this was my senior year. Um, oh, yeah, senior year. Okay. Yes. So, actually, in December 2017, um, I was just getting so sick of hiding this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just... I'm seeing all my friends doing things and I feel so held back. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting. It really is. Isn't it? It's hard to cover it up. And it's, it's, it's like a full-time job. Yeah. Hiding oh, yeah. it. Like, and, and knowing, and that fear that like at any second, if you don't cover mm-hmm. your tracks and someone finds out that your cover's yeah. blown and, yeah. and then that fear of like, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to go to jail or something, right? right? Or my parents are going to kick me out of the house. Yeah. There's so many of these fears that kids have. Uh, especially when you're f- when you're looked at as the perfect kid, right? Mm-hmm. That it becomes this crazy full time job, right. hiding it, hiding it, and it's exhausting mm-hmm. to the mental health, right? Yes. And then and then that cycle of where you feel this stress of trying to keep up with the perfection mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with the facade and trying to hide it creates anxiety. And how do you cope with the anxiety that it's created? <laughs> you go back to it. <laughs> you go back to it. Yep. Right? Yeah. So so you found you got to the point where you're sick of it and it yeah. was too much. So what happened? Um, I will say though. My parents did start monitoring, 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 monitoring. There it is. Yes, there it is. Um, <laughs> so, but that didn't really do much. They had some apps, didn't do much, right? Yeah. It just showed Instagram time, one hour, whatever. That's it. Um, that's pretty much it. It and wasn't showing safe. like like accounts you were following right. or or sites you had typed yeah. in. Okay. And they didn't have social media themselves, so they yeah. couldn't like see. Yeah. What? Yeah, they couldn't see what was going on. Um, anyways. That's a point too. Let me just make while yeah. you're pausing. Okay, is that parents? If your kids have these apps, you better get them too. Mm-hmm. And 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 I cannot hear this excuse anymore. Well, my, my my son's got Snapchat, but I don't know what it is. I looked at it once. It just has these dumb filters. No, yeah. if your kids have access to these apps, you better get on them. Mm-hmm. You better see what's there and see what yeah. your kids are being exposed to. If your kids are spending hours a day walking into a sketchy building with boarded up windows and loud music and graffiti and people walking out tweaking and you're like, my kids, they're two to seven hours a day. Wouldn't you walk in first and go walk around and see what's actually Mm -hmm. inside? Mm -hmm. And don't ask the kids walking out that are tweaking. They're like, oh, we're just having fun. Woo woo. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you know what I mean by that, don't just ask the parents. So my, don't worry, Colin, you know, uh, the other parents like Kelsey has Snapchat and it's fine. Okay. Problem solved. My parenting's done here. No, <laughs> go look at it yourself. Yep. Yeah. And just even one look at it as parents, you will be shocked. You will be, especially with TikTok and Snapchat, right? I am glad I never had TikTok. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy. 
Um, so December 2017, I somehow, I don't even know how it worked out, but I talked to my really close friend and she said that she was struggling with some things, but it was more, I don't want to go into her story, Sure, sure. Um, but it was more with boys. Okay. Um, and of course I didn't, I didn't have any problems with boys throughout high school, which I'm glad. Um, but we started talking and we decided that we wanted to go talk to a trusted adult, a church leader, you can say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we, we planned it and we did it beginning of 2018. So she went in to talk about boy issues and you went in and talked about to finally porn. talk about porn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I haven't talked to my parents. I didn't talk to anyone else yeah. except for her. And then the, the adult was, so. uh, when you talked to your friend, did you say I've been struggling with porn or did you just say I have an issue too? I mean, did you actually let it out then? Was that when you finally, yes, finally I did let it out. Good. Yeah. Can you tell me what you remember, how you felt after you finally let that out? Oh to my someone? goodness. Oh, it came in. Ex- I can't, I can't even put it to words. Like <laughs> it was the biggest weight off of your shoulder. Yeah. I've been hiding this for what? Five years, six years. Yeah. Um, and I've never, no one knew. And so it was like the craziest thing when I finally told someone, yeah. you know, it, and, and that is the feeling that you've got to let, you've got to get your kids to as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for the parents who are listening, your if your kid has a smartphone, they're struggling with it to some degree. Yes. It might be on and off. It might be all day. It might be something. Get your kids to get to the point where they finally have the escape, mm-hmm. where they the weight is off the back. Yeah. And you will see a huge change in your kid. Mm-hmm. Just the light come back. So so you felt the weight mm-hmm. lift off. And you just, you just went and talked to a church leader, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, what was your biggest fear when you went and finally told someone? Do you remember what your uh, what the, the the fears were, the worries were? If people mm-hmm. find out, was it like worried about the perfectionist facade that you yes. had created? Was that it? Like yeah. that's been jeopardized now, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I was worried that it would word would travel and that people would find out and the rumors start. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I didn't want someone to think that a girl was struggling with porn. So, this whole time you thought you're like it's only me. I'm the right. only one. No one, no, no other girl struggled this. Yeah. Meanwhile, 75% of females at <laughs> that age were struggling, yep. hiding it too. Yep. So let's go back then. So you, uh, you, uh, let the, you finally let the cat out of the bag, no more hiding. Mm-hmm. It was out in the open, but you didn't tell parents yet. Right. So it was a church leader. Yes. What happened after that? Um, it was such a, I've never felt so much power and love um, when that happened that I, it was such a blur. Like it just happened so fast. I said no, and I never really turned back hmm. to porn. It kind of it it just let go. I don't Are understand. You oh my I gosh. don't understand how that worked out. But explain this. Go explain that. Yeah. Um. So I think one of the biggest things is finding a why and connecting to someone bigger than you, something yeah. a higher power, God, um, and you know, making up your mind. I, I totally agree with Luke. I don't know if people have listened Luke, to Luke, yeah, one. listen to Luke's podcast. Yes. Luke Peachtree. I wish. Luke Peachtree, <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew about his method. I think that would have helped so much because I am such an all or nothing person. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, what was, was his method for those who haven't heard his podcast? But scroll down the iPad or right. whatever, scroll down and you'll see Luke Peachtree. His is amazing. You have to listen to. So good. So what was his method? Do you his remember? His method, well, the usual way, the way that I did it pretty much was counting days. 
Right. Yeah. I'm two days clean. I'm five exactly. days. I haven't looked. I'm eight days. Right. I haven't looked. Look at this eight days I've done. Mm-hmm. I've been perfect for eight days. Right. But then a relapse. Yep. And you go back and you say those eight days were worth nothing mm-hmm. when it's not true. They were yeah. worth something. Yeah. Um, his method was, I can't remember, was it the Hebrew? I can't figure it out. He'll kill me. It's like Hebrew and Greek. He's going to be screaming there's, at us. <laughs> there's like a linear. Yeah. Go yeah explain and this. It was like a you. circle. And I, he yeah. was talking about having like 30 circles for the days. And if you do relapse and you just color in a circle, but you're moving on, you're not saying, yeah. oh, screw this. I'm back at day one. So I think that would have really helped. Yeah. Um, but the I just never felt so much connection and vulnerability and, you know, all that power that it was a miracle and I just stopped, you know. But I will say that I did go through my social media. Okay. Um, I totally unfollowed everyone. I unfollowed everyone. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I unfollowed anyone that, you know, those models or yeah, um, anyone that made me feel bad about myself Good. or that was porn, yep. you know, and that included Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, oh, and Pinterest. <sighs> mm. Pinterest. No, yes. but Pinterest is just for these creative ideas. <laughs> would you blow the lid on Pinterest? I've done it too, but would you yeah. blow the lid from a 19 year old girl's perspective? Talk about Pinterest oh real quick. Word. Um, Pinterest. I don't know. I know a lot of adults have it too. Yeah, oh yeah. And it is for pinning like cute ideas for your house. Sure. It's cute dogs. It's <laughs> quotes, you know. And I can see there is some good in it, but yeah. um, there were some straight up porn on there. Yeah. And it's all over. It really is. Yep. And that's where I turned to a lot. I remember a lot of nights going on Pinterest and it shows you pins like that. So you just keep scrolling and keep yeah. scrolling. Someone has done the favor of c- collaborating all mm-hmm. of it, corrugating it all together. Right. So you just go to a pin board or that's pornographic and yeah. it's all there. You don't have to search anymore. Yep. And that's the app that parents you need to be aware of. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the app. I, I think probably the most amount of times when I talk to a girl who's like 12, 15, 18, who's like struggled with pornography, they said they are supposed on Instagram and Pinterest. Really? And that's where they kept going back to yeah. you. Because that's the one where the parents are like the most like, no way, Pinterest. Like mm. I can see I can see you taking you off Instagram. I can see you taking off Snapchat because I know those ones have bad stuff. But if I got to give her some form of social media, I'll give right. her Pinterest. You're like, it's just as bad to right. some degree. Yeah. So. Um, and then I guess I kind of stopped going on Snapchat as much. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> you said earlier the Snapchat was, you said Snapchat. Ugh. Yes, what? Snapchat is horrible. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on Snapchat. <laughs> Parents listening and teenagers listening, uh, this is for someone who just left high school and she's going to tell us about Snapchat. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? Um, so I got Snapchat secretly. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just delete the app, get it back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hide it in folders. Um, so I had it to talk with friends and do the filters, right? Um, which is what a lot of most high school kids use it for communication and and some filters. Right. Um, I didn't have any problems with the sexting or anything like that because I didn't really date much. (laughs) Sure. Um, but they, of course they program it to where if you want to see your friend's stories, you're right on the explore page. Yeah. And that's where they show straight up bad stuff. 
everywhere. The, the explore page for parents, if you don't know, on the Snapchat, that's like the discover page. It's yeah. like the for you page on TikTok. It's the discover page on Instagram. You have no control over what pops up there. Mm-hmm. And, nor can you disable it. So you can yeah. give your kids Snapchat and think they're only going to use it for the filters and the communication. But what Snapchat does is, again, they, their goal is to get kids to come back to the app. That's all they care about. They don't care mm-hmm. at all about creating meaningful relationships at all. So that's, of course, how do we get kids who are curious by nature, whose parents aren't talking to them about all this weird stuff? They, cre- they put those articles up there mm-hmm. for you to look at, which are usually pornographic yeah. or something kind of sketchy right? or a topic that's kind of sketchy. I've screenshot hundreds of them. You can go to my Snapchat stories, mm-hmm. not on Snapchat, on Instagram about them. <laughs> yep. So Snapchat discover page is a disaster. And, yeah. and that would, of course, you go there to talk to a friend yeah. or, or, or put a filter on a photo. Discover page pops up and it's like 10 sex something from on Cosmo girl. Yeah. And you're like, boom, click, boom, right. relapse or boom, click, boom, go to a different site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, <laughs> another thing though, with the filters, I feel like that is pretty damaging to girls self image and worth you know tell Um, why would you explain why yeah all of the filters they do something and they're addicting to use like they shrink your face Um, i was really self-conscious about my face i'll go into that later um they make your eyes bigger they oh yeah i call it the pixar effect yeah they they pop the eyes make eyes a little bigger they slim the cheeks they pop the cheekbones out yeah you don't even realize what they're doing but they're turning you into like this Mm -hmm. pixar princess image of you yeah yeah give you fake lashes and (laughs) everything um and i and i can go back on those pictures and that's all i see is just filters of me i'm like where's the real me i don't even know what i looked like and it's so sad to to realize that i did that so much there's an actual term now called Snapchat dysmorphia mm. created by the filters wow. uh, where physicians and, you know, doctors were seeing that young people were coming into plastic surgery offices and mm-hmm. asking, you know, showing the doc or showing whoever a photo of them with a filter and, and paying f- elective cosmetic surgery to make them look more like their filter. No, mm. uh, one of the most damaging things. I'm so glad you said that. And it wasn't just coming from an old guy, but from mm-hmm. you, how damaging those things can be. Yeah. I had a mom uh, come up to me crying after a parent night uh, in Arizona one day. She said, uh, my 10-year-old, 10, came up to me and she said, mom, I don't feel pretty. She didn't have Snapchat or a smartphone, but she would use her mom's Snapphone. She only has, she said, I only had Snapchat on my phone because my daughter liked the funny filters. Mm -hmm. And then we'd post them together on my Instagram account or on my Facebook. Um, And she said, mom, I don't feel pretty unless I have a Snapchat filter on. At 10. So sad. So I'm so glad you said that. Um, what, why else? So Snapchat, the Discover page articles were obviously a big problem. Yeah. And there's no way around those. Mm-mm. And they obviously use the most pornographic type stuff. They show those ones yeah. to young people because yes. it gets them to, to keep coming back to their app. Yep. Um, so This is so fun. I love having, you're like validating everything I've been saying <laughs> for so long. I'm so glad. Thank uh, you. Confirmation bias. Here we go. <laughs> so June 1st, 2018. You had dates. Did you know that June 1st, by the way, is a date I created called National yes. Delete? <gasps> and oh. that's what I'm talking about. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> What's June 1st? Talk about it. All right. I I don't even know how I found this random old guy. Just kidding. You're not that old. So old. <laughs> I found you on Instagram. I don't know how, but it was a blessing. And I saw this date, June 1st, 2018, and I've always just wanted to get rid of Snapchat. Oh. Um, and this caught my eye. So 
I deleted my Snapchat on June 1st, 2018, the national... National Delete, delete Snapchat, Snapchat Day, day which yep. I created as I a day. It. And you know why we created that on June 1st? Because June 1st, 2018 was the day they were going to launch an update uh, on, on Snapchat, which they rate 12 plus for sixth graders, mm. uh, which was called uh, Cosmo After Dark, which on Fridays, there was going to be basically free porn sponsored by Cosmo magazine for teenagers and for kids to learn all about sex and all about pornography and all about all the worst stuff. And they were promoting that. They're like, June 1st is where we're going to have this update with Cosmo After Dark. You can Google it. It's all over the place. If you Google it, you'll see the you'll see me on the TV talking about it too. Uh, and I was like, okay. I knew Snapchat was bad. I had it back then. Just use it for the filters too. Yeah. Um, and I knew most teenage kids used it. And I was like, this is the nail in the coffin. They, ab I knew they didn't care about kids, but that's the one where I was like, they absolutely are spitting in kids' faces now mm -hmm. and parents' faces. So let's all just delete it together. Yeah. So you did. Oh, I did. So How did you feel when you chucked it? Oh my word. It changed my life and I will never, ever, oh, ever go back. Oh, yay. So. Bravo. I'm so happy about it. Like you don't even need it. Text your friends. So stupid. You know? It's the stupidest app. And, and, and it really like is. teenagers are like, well, it's not. It's amazing. You ask any teenager, you say, hey, you have Snapchat? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have streaks going? Yeah. Do you like streaks? No. Do you streaks. like, I mean, is Snapchat, does it improve your life? I mean, I mean, really though? No, it's big waste of time. Mm -hmm. Just text your friends. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for their phone numbers either. Yeah. <laughs> or FaceTime. There That's we go. That's fine. Um, so... I became a fan of you ever since. <laughs> I just really, really, because I hated my phone so much, yeah. but I didn't, I was so addicted that I didn't want to chuck my phone. Oh, you know, throw it away. There's pieces right? of it that you need and you want, yeah. but then there's pieces you don't want anything to do with. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to separate the two. It's hard right. to just chuck the whole phone because yeah. you're like, well, I need it for this or for maps or for yeah. whatever, for my Spotify or something. Yeah. So I continue to follow you. Um, I'm going to skip a life update. We'll go back to that in a minute, <laughs> okay. though. Um, and then I found out that you were coming to my city yeah. in September of that year. And I was awesome. so excited. Good timing. So I know. So I went there and... I spoke at the high school there and then we did a big city night. And it was, and the city night was at the auditorium. We won't say where it was. Yeah. But it was packed. It, it was, was amazing. So fun. So I went to that and I was totally just on fire. I like, Yay. I think I took a social media break and everything. I was so excited. Um, That's so fun. I also told my parents about it because I heard that you were coming back like the next week or so to talk to the parents. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was I, like, it was like, I remember it was like September 18th around there. Yeah. They were doing, yeah. it's like a big community night. The mayor of that city, which shall remain nameless, but I love the mayor there. Yeah. Um, he reached out to me and he's like, Hey, we already have this date planned to do some type of like teen mental health or teen suicide prevention night. Would you just come to your parent night with your friend Katie? And so we flew Katie up from Arizona and, uh, and it was so fun. It was really good. I'm so glad that you were there for that. That yeah. assembly was really fun too. <laughs> So I went with my friend and we like totally ditched social media for a <laughs> while. It was amazing. That's so cool. And I got my parents to go to your thing. And so my mom and I have been fans of you ever since. Oh. And we love what you're doing. Thank you. So I Shout totally out. support it. And I'm a teen <laughs> and I'm so grateful. I just wanted my mom to like get the spark. And I just wanted her yeah. to get the hint that I wanted her to do something about my social media yeah. and take it away or do something. Good, good, good. Did um, she, so what did she think about the parent night or about the speech or whatever? She loved it. I don't think she, 
saw the connections with mm-hmm. her own kids. Yeah. Like she saw this was a big issue, but I don't think she. This isn't a, our family problem, right? And exactly. you're like, mom, it is. Mm-hmm. Wake up. Yeah, yeah. I yes. see a lot of that, you know. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a, you know, a rural farm town parenting thought, you know. But I see mm-hmm. that a lot when I go to little tiny towns. Mm-hmm. You know, little little towns in Iowa, little towns up in Idaho, where the you know the mom and dad grew up on farm, laying pipe and <laughs> and alfalfa, whatever, and they just don't. There's such a there's such a distance between like they're like where it's like you know my kids, I never even had a phone, or I have a fl- these farmers coming like I got a flip phone, and my kids got these razzle dazzle <laughs> tech gadgets, and 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 there's and they almost kind of like you know gloat in the fact that it's like I'm so disconnected from like technology where mm-hmm. my kids are. Uh, and there's such a, a space between where they think their kids are and where their kids really are mm-hmm. that we have to bring that closer, you know, and it's hard, you know, cause you know, especially these, some of these farm parents or rural parents are like, they, they almost like don't want to jump into this tech their kids have, but you mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So you came to that and your parents that helped her out a little bit, hopefully. Yeah. Um, what, what after that? This is so fun. Mm, okay. My life changed really, really dramatically. Um, in July, 2018, okay. um, I, I had my double jaw surgery. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Um, it was for, was it after an accident or was it just no, a bite issue? Yeah. Okay. It was a bad issue with my eating and everything. And it sure. was looks too. Um, which I'm sure Instagram and Snapchat helped. Exactly. Jeez, helped fuel. Yes. Um, oh, and going back a little bit ago, probably two years before this, mm-hmm. um, because I was seeing all these models and all these, all these skinny people and yeah. everything, I started looking for workout programs. I was like trying to figure out some diets to do, um, and my mom noticed something was off, and so she gave me um, a nutritious book. It was to help you eat more balanced. Okay. Um, she saw this as like a good thing, like my daughter's caring right. about health and wellness, yes. but it, it was more of an image issue. Yeah. yeah. And she was super into health too. She still is. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I took that and I turned it into something so, so wrong. I started dieting so hard um, when I was 15, like 15 to 16, no, 15 to 17. Yeah. Um, and I was so... Of course, seeing the models and, you know, viewing porn and everything every single day, um, you just feel so bad about yourself. And I was going through puberty and (sighs) it's already a hard enough time. I was gaining some weight and so I was freaking out. Um, (laughs) so I started dieting and when I went to have my surgery, I couldn't eat for a month. Like, oh, because the jaw, yeah. yeah you just like smooth stuff, probably. Right. Like, it was wired shut. Jeez. And so I did eat smoothies. Like, that's pretty much it. And blended up food. So I lost all of my weight that I was worried about. Um, but just shortly after, when I was able to start eating food, um, it started into a horrible, horrible cycle. Mm. I'm, I've noticed all these addiction cycles like throughout my life. I don't know why. <laughs> But I just am prone to having addictions, and that's okay. Um, you, yeah. uh, there's, I, I get the same way. Uh, we get these very kind of obsessive. Mm-hmm. We go on these obsessive like stints yeah. where you just hyper focus on like one thing and nothing else matters, yeah. and it's like you get tunnel vision on it. And I don't think it's an addiction thing; more of just like a part of your persona, mm-hmm. or just like how you kind of 
you know, maybe it's a value system. I don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you figure it out, tell me because I need some help with it too. But uh, so, so you, this was going on, uh, and how did that continue? Or so, where did that go to? It led to me binging. I started, I started binging every single day, mm-hmm. and this was a coping mechanism. So I developed binge eating do- disorder. Which, um, ex- which explain what that is, for those well, listening who don't know. Um, there's three types of eating disorders. Um, the most common ones are anorexia and uh, bulimia. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was different. It was binging, which is part of bulimia, but I wasn't purging it. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I wasn't taking laxatives or anything. Um, I guess so I binging was just eating a lot, eating at, a, a, lot. At, a, at a fast at a, at a certain amount of time. Yes. Okay. Um, and so that was happening every day and it was shocking. Like it took over my life yeah. completely. Um, and no one knew about this. Um, and this lasted for nine months and I wasn't able to focus on school. This was my life and I had to hide it from the world, but my mom knew. I told my mom. Okay. Um, how did she respond to that? Do you remember? How did mm, she react? She noticed something was different and she noticed I was super, super moody all the time. And just, I, I wasn't... I wasn't as trustworthy anymore because I was hiding so much. Um, So let's see. I think I gained a lot, a lot of weight in three months. Sure. I don't know if I should say numbers, but um, I gained a ton. And that was so shocking. Um, I was just pretty much hidden in in my house. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to be with my friends. Um, Yeah. It Almost was, like another second life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty shocking going straight from my porn addiction, which my mom had no idea about, yeah. into this just a few months later. Yeah. And this took over. Well, a lot of times, um, if we don't get to the root of the issues, they just transfer yeah. mechanisms, right? Yeah. So you bust, you uh, you use one coping mechanism and then you break that one. And if, if we don't heal the underlying issues, whatever those are... Mm-hmm. It just transfers into a new beast, right? Yeah. Um, and I see that too in my life and, and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, did mom ever, did you ever share with them about your porn issues? Did you ever break that with them? Um. <laughs> or just, just the church leader and then like, don't tell anyone, I'll figure this out. Pretty much. I told my mom like four days ago. Oh my gosh, good for you. I thought this... <laughs> Good. Was that good? For, was that good? Another kind of weight off the back? Good yes, for you. Yes. How did scary. she respond to that? I'm sure it was. Um, well, of course, my mom does so much. Like, she is the yeah. Relief Society president. She's doing all these amazing things. And I know that she had some major struggles in her life, but she never really, like, made, made time to talk with us and made, like, a space open for yeah. us to come to her with our with our problems. Yeah. So I didn't know how she would take it. Um, yep, yep. And I know I, I'm super grateful that she, um, how she responded. Um, what did she say? She just listened. Yeah. Good. She was super, she was super loving and she helped. She did tell me her story and she made it so I could see her as like, not just a perfect parent. Good. You know, yeah, yeah. so I was able to connect with her. Yeah. 
And so important for oh, parents to be vulnerable oh, yes. early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so little tidbits, if you're taking notes, uh, create a space in your home where your kids feel comfortable talking mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Uh, not just a space, but a relationship where mm-hmm. they feel comfortable talking to you. And yeah. a lot of times kids will feel more comfortable talking to you if you are prone to share your struggles that you have as an adult, that you had as a kid, Yeah. right? When my daughter said, well, you're just perfect. Like that broke my heart because she knows I'm not perfect, but she said it, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, however, whatever that came from, I made sure to say, listen, I'm going to, and I flat out told her right then, I'm like, let me tell you some struggles I went through when I was your age, because obviously I haven't done a good enough job to share that with her. And, and, and we sat down, I, I told her stuff. I struggled when I was her age, you know, going, I, she's starting ninth grade tomorrow. And I moved the first in between eight, uh, between right before ninth grade started mm-hmm. and just whatever. So be vulnerable with your kids, have a safe place, tell them that you have a safe place. Create a little area in your house even. I've said that at parent nights where you create like the no trouble bubble we have at our house. We just have a chair in the bedroom where the kids know if they have a question, they want to talk about something, they have questions, uh, or if they're worried about your reaction, they can go to the bubble and you're going to just listen mm-hmm. and not respond, not react, but respond. Yes. Oh, man, that was so good. I'm so glad <laughs> that your mom was so cool about that, not like s- s- scream, yell, yeah. punch, right? <laughs> Um, good for you. And that was only a few days ago. So good for you. So she opened up to you though, about some of her struggles. How did that, what did that, how did that make you feel when she was opening up to you and telling about some of her issues? I feel like I was able to say so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, and she wants to know, she wants to know about her kids. She wants to know so she can learn, um, to help our other siblings, um, cause she's got, what's your, you don't have to say the names or anything, but like the youngest, you have eight, you're third of eight. Like yeah. what's the youngest? How young are they? She is five. Jeez. So she's got yeah. like a whole new, she's yeah. got plenty more kids to work yeah. with. Okay. Yep. Um, so that was really cool. And I was able to feel, I feel better about what I went through. I feel like I'm not so alone. Yeah. Um, is that nice? It's so nice. For those who are listening, uh, who feel like you're the only one, I'm so glad you came on. We're not done, but I, I just want to pause to say <laughs> thank you for coming on and sharing this to let others know that they're not alone. Uh, if you get in a room with 10 people, seven or nine of those people are, are in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And even though they're not telling you, and like we say, seven to nine per, of the 10 are struggling and the other two or three are lying. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> So, uh, you know, the, the sooner you can share with someone you're struggling, parent, trusted adult does not matter. The mm-hmm. weight's off the back. Yeah. So that is so cool. So that was just a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the, uh, the, the transition from uh, the issues with pornography uh, into now this eating thing mm-hmm. and this, uh, this binge. That was when and how long that last? Um, I think it started in October of 2018 and ended in June of 2019. That was like all senior year. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't focusing on school. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. It just drained me. That was my life. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was still participating in, I was doing plays and um, I was performing at rest home still yeah. um, and <laughs> doing okay. all those things. So that really helped having another life too. But oh my goodness, my eating life, mm-hmm. it was just getting so big. I had to take control of it. Okay. So how did you, uh, at what point did you say, okay, enough of this, let's go get, and what did you do after that? Um, so it's really interesting because now I can see like the connections between the porn and the eating disorder mm-hmm. and these steps that I did, I figured out, um, that really helped. And I, and I think it really worked with porn too. And I didn't really recognize that. Um, I was having so many relapses. I was saying, okay, this is my last time. I'm not going to binge again. Yeah. 
Um, and it just happened so many times. I was so sick of it. And I, it was summer, you know, I wanted to be outside and be with my friends. Um, so the biggest thing I will say was making it less taboo and talking to people. Um, I talked to my mom and that was such a big thing. And I talked to my friends. I remember talking to a couple of my friends about it. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that helped me. Opening up. Yes. I, I, always the things when you struggle in hiding, anything that you have to mm-hmm. hide that makes you feel bad that you're hiding, soon as you can open up is it, when the healing yeah. can start. And the healing will never be totally whole until you've opened up. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can try to do it on your own, but it's, right. you can't do it on your own. It's surprising how many people have struggled with things related to yours too. Yep. Um, so you can help each other. Um, so... Let's see. Another big thing that helped me was having a bigger why. Yeah. Um, and deciding why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I trying to recover? You know, like it sure. was, it was kind of cool having. Uh, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. It was. It kind of made me feel better that I I put this label on me. You know, I was sure. like, I didn't want to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I made a big why. I wanted to do this for. A personal reason. Um, you wanted to break it for right. a personal reason. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that reason too. And it cannot be for everyone else. Right. right. I need to stop doing this because it's my, it's disappointing my parents. That, it's yeah. never going to happen. Right. It's like with anything, alcoholism, drug, drug use, drug, any addiction. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing it for a higher purpose or for yourself mm-hmm. um, and, oh, I guess I'll do it because my parents want me to, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It, you'll just relapse. Yep. Um, Do you mind sharing what that big why was? Mm. Just for yourself. This was for you. You don't have to say. It's okay. But you had a bigger why. I just want to make the point that you you found a reason for you. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Um, Another thing that helped me was was a higher power. So God, in my case. Um, Just reconnecting that. I feel like I was so alone. I was so on my own. Mm. um, And turning to scriptures and prayer that really, really helped me. Um, Good. That's part of 12 step, right? That doesn't, you don't have to have any religious background or upbringing at all. And they always say, you've got to have a higher power Mm -hmm. involved. Brene Brown talks about that. I mean, they all talk about the power. You ask anyone who's, uh, who's broken addiction of anything. And they, and a lot of times they'll say it was my finding out. I need to have a higher power in my life or connection with a higher power. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a specific God. Yeah. Um, though I will say that that was really hard for me to figure out how to, how to do that because it's not like, it's not like, here's the plan. Here's what you need to do. It wasn't like a physical being telling me what to do. So that was pretty tricky. I just had to trust. I had to, you know, get help, but I had to figure out what I needed to do and put action to it, you know? Like you hear faith without works is dead. Amen. Um, so I had to figure out what my plan was. So you created an actual kind of plan of attack, a little step, not just, Kinda. not just reading and praying, but like, okay, here's what I'm going to do mm-hmm. with what I've learned, with what I've felt like your personal revelation that was brought to you, which I believe in mm-hmm. that we can all have personal revelation from a higher source. Yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but there were some other things I had to figure out too. Um, the next thing was figuring out what my life was. I, I forgot about my life. Wow. You know, 
my my second lives have taken over sure. my teen my yeah like so many years that I didn't really remember who I was um and so when I stopped putting so much energy into it um and f- you can say feeding the bad wolf sure um that's a good way to think about yeah. it yeah um I had to really remember what I was doing and I I served more I you know I was playing the piano more um, yeah I was, one thing I did have to do, which was really hard to do, was throwing away my journals because I was putting so much energy into this. Like, I had a bad day, um, and this is what I did. And I was so, mm. so detailed that that was destroying me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm a big journaler, so I had to get rid of those negative journals, um, and that really helped me That's good. disconnect and kind of step back. Um, so, really so, so getting rid of... Uh, Anything toxic in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is stuff that we create ourselves. Exactly. And that's that's probably that was probably pretty hard to do too. Mm-hmm. That you put so much really time and effort hard. into this, and you're like, and you had to get rid of those. Yeah. But you did it because you knew it was bringing you down. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a huge key step with teenagers, adults, anyone, is cutting the toxicity out of your life. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, it's things that are really hard to cut because you f- you identify so much with them. Right. It could be people. It could be things on your phone. It could be apps. It could be accounts you follow. It could be journals for heaven's mm-hmm. sakes. It could be a, a friend. Yeah. It could be a sibling mm-hmm. that you identify so much with. Yeah. Realizing that I got to cut this out if I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. So good for you for that. All right. Um. Another thing. That really helped me was realizing the difference between shame and guilt. Yeah. Um, I've always felt so ashamed my whole life because um, of things I was doing. So that just realizing and taking accountability of what I what I'm doing mm-hmm. um, and taking control of my actions that really helped. Um, and you know, I felt bad about what I was doing, but it doesn't mean that I have to feel shame Yes, and it just drags you down even more. It keeps you in the cycle. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier. Yeah. Cause you feel like crap and you feel shame and yeah. then you get anxiety from that. And then how do you cope with that? You go back to the same mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Yep. Um, another thing that really helped was removing labels. Ooh. Um, cause I, I, throughout my life, I always identified with perfectionist. Sure. Um, I was addicted to porn. Um, I have an eating disorder. Yeah. You know, I struggle with this. Um, I am those things. Exactly. When you're not those things, that's just something you're going through. Right. But it, yeah. yeah, I'm a person, I'm, I don't know what it's changed to is like, I'm a person that was struggling with this. Sure. You know, it's not like... That's just how I am. Like I can't, yeah. I can't recover from that because that's my identity now, yeah. and I feel like that's something that you just have to, you have to let go. You gotta let go of the identity. Uh, and uh, and I wrote a note down when you said that. Um, where is it here? At least I thought I wrote it down. Uh, where you said that you had to like relearn who you were. Um, so much of this almost becomes like an identity issue where you're like, Oh, I'm just the porn guy. I'm just mm-hmm. the guy. I'm just the kid who struggles with porn. I'm the freaking guy who I'm the guy who looks at porn. I'm the girl who looks at porn and that's just who I am. And, it, and I, I'm the one who struggles with this. And like you said, not making that part of your identity, um, but also realizing that when you kick that habit and it was something that was taking a lot of your time, mm-hmm. something that you were going to, it was almost like a behavioral addiction now too. There was the dopamine from the porn and from all the chemicals happening that was creating a, a actual drug type addiction, but there was a behavioral addiction to it too. The, the act of 
going to my room, the thrill of hiding it, the, the pulling it out. Mom doesn't know I have this. Like that almost, it's just like with gambling, right? The gambling addict isn't addicted to winning because they hardly ever do. They're addicted to the behavior of the thrill of maybe I'll win, maybe I won't, and lose, 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 get hit in the face constantly. But then that one win, whatever that win is in that cycle that you were in. But yeah, so there's, so, so, realizing you cannot identify. So those who are struggling with this, like do not make that part of your identity. Like mm-hmm. I'm just the porn addict. I'm the guy who struggles with this. I'm the idiot, right? Or the mm-hmm. girl, or the girl struggles with this. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I am me. I am an amazing person. I'm a daughter of God or a higher being. And mm-hmm. I have this struggle that is a comma, not a period. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, the last thing that helped me was allowing and stop fighting the urges yeah. Um, which is so hard because yeah. I was scared yeah. that I wouldn't have self-control seeing myself go through the cycle. Um, but when I would let the urges come and just sit through it and let it pass. There we go. Um, that really changed everything. And for my case with the eating, that was intuitive eating. Sure. Um, what does that mean? So instead of dieting and having your diet that you've written out and you cannot, you know, break those lines. Sure. Um, intuitive eating is literally just eating like a kid. Yeah. Again. And eating when you're hungry. I'm hungry, so I'll go grab some exactly. carrots. Exactly. Yeah. And what you want. Yeah. Right? Um, and it took a while, but after a few days, the binging just stopped. Amazing. It was crazy. And that's when I opened up on social media. Um, I did talk to, I opened that up on Instagram. I made a big post about it. Good. And I've been able to help people. And I haven't struggled with binge eating since. And it's been over a year. Isn't that amazing? So. <laughs> There's so much behind um, true healing from these issues by helping. Like you said, you started serving more. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have said that was like the ticket for them Mm -hmm. was when they got past this, they went out and decided to help others. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why they have sponsors AA, someone who was, who is in recovery, who can go out and help who's been there, who can help. And you did, were you shocked at the amount, at the response you got? How many people reach out to you? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, I, I didn't know if anyone was struggling with it either. Um, and it was surprising. It was so out of my comfort zone. I've never like been (laughs) vulnerable before because I've been so cooped up in myself. Um, so I did that and I had so many DMS of people just saying, I need help. Wow. This, I, this sounds like me. Um, or how do I talk to my parents about this issue? I'm like, it was pretty shocking. Um, to see how many girls, pretty much, I'm not. Sure, yeah. yeah. Shocking, but validating yeah. too, right? So to realize, was... like, don't you wish you could go back in time when you were 12, 13, mm-hmm. and, and have 19-year-old you go talk to you and say, hey, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Right. There's gonna, when you, you're going to get past this, you are going to break this. Yeah. You're going to feel amazing, and you're going to help people, and there's so many people are going to help. It's not alone. Like, would that have been such a game changer oh, at yeah. that age, just to realize that you're not the only one? Right. Not even close to the only one. Yeah. So you, so people reached out to you. You, you, you did what I love, which is you're brave and you're vulnerable and you go share your story and see what kind of impact you can make. Mm-hmm. People reaching out, asking for help. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what do you do when you get those messages? Do you re- sit there and respond and kind of share more? I mean, mm-hmm. refer them out to some yeah. secret weapon, like silver bullet, like <laughs> just go to this place and read this thing. Right. <laughs> uh, what, what's, what have you been, what have you been noticing you've been doing most when you get those messages? Just kind of responding and sharing or just listening or what? Um, both. It depends on what the case is, what they need. Yeah. Um, I'm super careful though what I say because I don't want yeah. 
them to feel like this is the answer. Yeah. You know, they got to figure out what works for them. It's yeah. so personal. Um, so yeah, I try to respond, but in a careful way. And kind of nudge them to like, Hey, mm-hmm. like open up. Right. Tell a friend. Yeah. Cause as soon as you do, that's when things will start. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So that was, when did you do that? When did you, uh, do that big Instagram post? That was June, 2019. Awesome. So just so. a year ago. Yep. Um, what else? Let's keep going All right. after that. So you opened up, shared, started helping people. Every, everyone knows, and now you can be yourself and you can right. talk about it and heal even better because yeah. now you're helping others. Yeah. Um, of course I had some mental struggles too. Like I was pretty anxious and sure. had some body dysmorphia. Um, since then, because I was still, even though I wasn't binging anymore, I was way heavier than I've ever been. Yeah. So that was still pretty shocking. It's not like all the negative things just went away. Yeah. Um, so I had to work through that. Um, I have been working really hard on that and I will say I'm in such a better place. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I don't have the mental problems anymore. That's so good. You know, that teen girls just struggle with. Yeah. Um, but that took a lot of work. Big time. A lot of personal work. Yeah. You know, and I want to point out too that like some of the issues, especially as we talk about pornography, that it's so easy to get sucked into and hide from people and and let this problem continue. I mean, the porn issue was years. Yeah. The eating one was a few months because mm-hmm. there's this, because pe- you can't hide it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like imagine if you were struggling as a kid with pornography and every time you looked at it, you gained two pounds. Like eventually like someone's be like, oh, they like yeah. these, these things that can hide in darkness are the hardest ones to bring into light. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, so, so you look awesome now. That was work. That was conscious eating as you called it. As that was called. I know I've heard about that. Intuitive eating. Yeah, yeah. Where you just... Uh, that's something I need to do more of because I do this thing, especially with Corona, where it's like, I'm going to be super good all day and like not let the anxiety of the world and life like get to me and I'm just going to eat healthy. And then like right before bed, it's like, boom, 6,000 <laughs> calories of like, you know, I'm going to just have six cinnamon rolls. Like that's not going to do anything. Right. And then they get to the body like at like midnight and I'm asleep and they're like calories. You're like, what do we do? Who needs us? What? And they're like, dude, he's sleeping. They're like what? Where do we go? Go to his stomach and chill with the rest of it. Right. <laughs> that's what I think they do. I have these like, narratives in my mind of what like my food's doing <laughs> as it's in my stomach while I'm sleeping. Um, so, okay. So that, so that you worked on that really hard. A lot of personal work mm-hmm. here. Like you said, faith that works is dead. Yeah. Um, now where are we at now? So that uh, you, you got over that and right. uh, got healthy with that. So let's, let's keep going. Um, well, that brings us pretty close to today. Of course, Corona hit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone cares, but with my eating journey, I have lost 20 pounds. Yay. So. <laughs> but in a very healthy way, this wasn't like starvation way. dieting. Yes. You, you didn't yes. go to the, which shall they rename nameless, the stupid billboards up mm-hmm. and down I-15. Oh my gosh. Come melt your fat, cool sculpted. Oh my so gosh. So dumb. Are those not, okay. I'm a guy, I think. Are those not, I hate those billboards. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to the people on this, but they are so damaging, mm-hmm. especially the ones up and down I-15 where it's talking about the cold sculpting or lipo or whatever. And the models are, there's one right on I-15 in Lehigh off to the right and shall rename nameless. And it's uh, like cool sculpting, lose the weight. And the model, the, the woman in it is the skinniest. I mean, like malnourished skinny wearing a sweater to hide it. But I'm like, this girl is a size triple zero. Like, I can't even imagine how damaging this to girls. It's like, even she does cool sculpting. Look at me. I'm a size six. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. 
that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. Uh, so now we're here and you've lost 20 pounds, but eating healthy and, and, Mm -hmm. and solving, uh, and working on yourself. This is so awesome. Don't seek out porn anymore. Yay. I'm so happy for that. Um, and of course I'm 19 now I had to go through teenage years and I'm sure like, yeah, you know, I bet so many people are struggling with it. Yes. Um, and that took so much self-control. I'm on social media, so I'm on Instagram. Awesome. Um, I'm on Facebook, but it's different. It's different now. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. cut all the toxicity out, right. of your, out of it, right? Yeah. The accounts that, that uh, triggered these uh-huh. type things or triggered a feeling of I'm never going to be good enough. Right. And then you get anxious from that, so you go cope with a horrible coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Good for you. So, Yeah. It's been a wild <laughs> journey, and I'm That's so awesome. I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful that I went through it. Um, and hopefully, Are you? Good. yeah, good. I learned a lot. Learned yeah, a lot. So when you when you have when you believe in a higher power, mm-hmm. and you believe that life is more than just this, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to go through crap. When you when you really think about like okay, like maybe this earth life is about learning. And sometimes that means we have to learn hard things. And, and I, I lose sleep worrying about like people I know or people I don't even know. I'm one of those guys who loses sleep for people I've never even met, knowing what they're going through. Kids that message me, knowing what they're going through. And I just wish I could reach out and say, you know what? Like this is a comma, not a period. Mm-hmm. And you will look back and, and say, one day I'm really glad I went through this. It sucked back then but I'm really glad if you could go back in time to 12 year old you or 14 year old you, whatever, you know, when you're at your darkest moment mm-hmm. and knowing where you're at now, like what could, what, what could you wish you could have said to yourself back then? Mm-hmm. Um, I would, <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have need to be pretty straightforward <laughs> and grab the cheeks. Listen, right. are you listening? Shaking the face. <laughs> I can't wait till I graduate high school. <laughs> Don't you ever see that. <laughs> um, probably to just talk to someone. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty tricky because what I went through, that helped me um, be able to come out to where I am now. Mm-hmm. I would say it would be a lot easier to go and talk to your parents and, you know, learn real connections. Sure early on but you know that was it taught me things i needed to learn um so so, go so so stop hiding it and go don't be afraid go tell someone go tell a trusted adult because then the healing can happen faster right right? yeah and just keep going just keep going yep love yourself yeah don't give in yep you're enough don't wear those pants (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um advice to uh teenagers struggling listening to this Mm -hmm. what's your biggest advice uh struggling in darkness Mm -hmm. feeling the shame going through the cycle that they can't get out of um what is your advice to them um you can conquer anything yeah i think that's such a big thing because so many things they feel like such such a big deal like little things in high school yeah it feels like such a big deal to you yeah Um, end of the world these things right yeah yeah. No coming back from. It's like, no, you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would just say that you can overcome it um, and to take it seriously. Yeah. I would, take, I would say that. That's good. Advice to parents who are raising teenagers and they're worried about their son or daughter struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, after hearing this, they're like, oh, I need to talk to them. Right. Those, it, it, you know, parents know, you know, when your kids yeah. are struggling. Yeah. So 
when your parents like, how do I know if my kids are struggling? I'm like, you know, like, yeah. What app should I use to to check if they're struggling or monitoring them? You, yeah. you are the best monitoring app. The exactly. other ones are just to make you feel a little better. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your advice to parents today uh, who have kids are growing up in this world there where it's so easy accessible and it's mm-hmm. so easy for kids to hide and it, and knowing right. now what, like how hard it was, how exhausting it was mentally and everything for you mm-hmm. and how you said, like you said, it, it's robbed your childhood this fall. Yeah. What is your advice to parents who are sitting there? Um, for, <laughs> for parents that haven't given their kids phones yet, wait. Don't give them phones. Don't, give it them. <laughs> Don't do it. No matter how much they kick and scream or right. cry to you, but Billy's mom has one. Billy's mom says, okay. <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah. Um, but delay, for, delay, delay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but if they do have phones, you have to, have to, you have to talk to them. You have to. Yes. Um, be with them along this and guide them through it. Yes. Because they will see it. They will see it and they won't know what to do. You know, like, of course, it's natural for kids. Sure. They will look at it. Mm-hmm. They will. Um, so. But don't let them fight the porn industry on their own. Right. Like, you were 12. So many kids, like yeah. 10, 12, 13, are literally fighting a multi billion dollar industry with. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions yeah. of employees and, and, and people on their team that know how to get to you, yeah. know how to manipulate kids, know what they're looking for, know how to keep them coming back. Mm-hmm. These poor kids are fighting it all by themselves. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking to think that. Mm-hmm. So get on your kid's team and help them out. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to them and create relationships. Yeah. Biggest thing. Got to. Yep. Uh, rela- rules without relationship equal rebellion. Yes. And, uh, and I get those messages from parents like my son's hiding this. I got a message from mom yesterday. She said, my seven, my son's 17. And every time we take his phone away, he just finds another one. He hides it or he gets mad at me. And then we take those and we change the Wi-Fi, and he, he finds a way I change his screen code and he finds a way. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah. There's no relate. There's, there's something messed up in your relationship yeah. with him right now. And so stop thinking about how do I get a different app to monitor or a different way to block his phone and get to the root, which is hard because that means a lot of parents have to go uncover their problems and how they were raised. You know, that's one of the most terrifying moments as a parent is to have to deal with your own issues of how you were raised Mm -hmm. and what your parents messed up with and how that's affecting you. Uh, I shared a video on my Instagram a little while ago of this amazing uh, African-American dad. And I guess he's a vlogger or something. And he's got his little baby girl. And someone sent me the clip and I shared it. I loved it. But he's talking about how, you know, he's like, people watch me and my daughter. And they think like, well, you have it. It's so fun. Like you guys are always hanging out. And she's like, one and a half, two. And he's always doing funny stuff with her. And he's so close and he loves her to death. And you can tell, you know, I went and looked him up a little bit. He's been through a lot of hard times. Went, you know, really hard time growing up. Lived in a very, you know, poor socioeconomic situation. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of struggles growing up. Didn't have a dad around. Um, and he's talking to the camera. He's like, people ask me, and they, you know, this relationship I have with my kid. And they want that. And I say, until you can heal from your own wounds, you can have all this that I have with my daughter and still not be happy. And then he said, this ain't oatmeal. You can't just throw water on it and hope it, and hope it, it bakes or it cooks. Um, so I'm so grateful you shared that. Any parting thoughts? Any? Uh, this has literally been one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with someone on this. So thank you so much for being brave coming thank in. Thank you. And to the tens of thousands of people who listen to this and be able to help them, I'm so happy uh, that they were able to hear this. Uh, any other final thoughts, parting thoughts going forward? What is what? Uh, what do you, let me ask you this. 
what are you most excited to? What are you What are you looking forward to now? Now you're 19 and you've been through all these amazing journeys and you've mm-hmm. and you've proven to yourself time and time again that you can fight hard things. Right. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I mean, the future's always kind of ain't panic inducing, right? Especially right. right now. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what do you want to be when you grow up, but uh, <laughs> what is, what is what are you looking forward to most as you look to the next few years of your life? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to being a mom. That's awesome. It's going to be scary. <laughs> scary. But I really, really am looking forward to that. What What part exactly? What uh, What What part of it are you most looking forward to? It'll be fun to, now that I've know, now that I've gone through my teenage years, I don't want to, I want to take all the good stuff that I learned and yeah. apply that. I'm, there we go. I'm just really excited. Isn't that so fun? Yeah. And your kids are going to be so lucky to have you. Thank you. To be able to sit down and, and talk to them, have those hard conversations that most parents don't want to have with them. Yeah. And to know that mom's been through it. So I, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I can come to her. Yeah. That's what we need more of. If you've taken anything from all this parents, it is to be open with your kids, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with your kids. You all messed up. All of us. We've all, we've all messed up. Why are we hiding the mess ups? Why are we hiding those? If you've been bullied, like your kids are being bullied at school, why don't you talk about when you've been bullied? Yeah. How hard that was. One of the biggest connections I had with my daughter was when she was talking about when she was being bullied at school and she was like eight. It was like the dumbest thing, but it broke her heart to her little eight-year-old life. That was like the biggest, that was the catastrophic moment of her life. And when I told her the biggest story when I got bullied and it was a so stupid story, but it was really hard at the time, just watching her eyes just wouldn't even blink, just listening, like watching her dad who she thought like was this titan of whatever, never struggled to be able to say, oh my gosh, like he went through this. That was crazy. That was way harder than I went through it. He's okay. So that's so good. Thank you so much for coming in and for sharing that. I'm so excited to publish this. Um, If people reach out to me and they say, hey, I want to talk to her, I will definitely reach out to you and and pass them along uh, because obviously you have have found the joy like I have in helping others. It's yep. that is my drug of choice. Really. <laughs> that is my addiction. If I if I go a couple days without helping someone, like I'm a grumpy. I'm just like this sucks. My life has no purpose. It's like, <laughs> I get excited. You know, getting a big glass of diet Dr Pepper helps too. But, uh, <laughs> helping people is my drug of choice. So, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, if you want to get a hold of my amazing guests, send me an email. Hey, Colin at SaveTheKids.us. Uh, go home and talk to your kids. They're struggling with this, and they're struggling more if we don't talk to them about it. Be open. Be vulnerable. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug. We'll see you next time.